Welcome to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. Today is Thursday, November 19th. And Luke, I would say that uh, after the, our first two podcasts, we've got a beautiful melting pot of topics to discuss today. Wouldn't you agree? In the spirit of the upcoming holiday, I would call it a cornucopia of information. <laughs> topics include, topics include now, Emily Murphy, is she the new Kim Davis? And we'll get into that. Uh, Chris Krebs, we'll discuss his firing and what it means. We'll also discuss uh, the fact that on the cover of the current Vogue uh, magazine, we've got uh, Mr. Harry Styles himself in a dress, and we'll talk about the age of gender fluidity. Uh, we're also going to discuss and give you, all of our listeners, an update on COVID, where we're at with the numbers, and kind of some hypocrisy, even on the Democratic side with uh, a specific state governor. Indeed. Indeed. So let's get after it. <laughs> So the first announcement, obviously, uh, Tuesday, we announced the launch of BobbyandLuke.com. And I was telling Luke before we started recording that while designing and developing the site, um, I typically listen to a lot of music very loudly until the project's done. And for this particular project, I actually went back in time to 2002 and got into the early nerd Pharrell stuff. So with our house music here, that was called Do Your Thing by Guest House. Very nice. Let's see. And then uh, one of the stories, uh, Luke, when obviously you want to put your best effort and your best foot forward when launching your brand and one of our initial pages was called Support Us. And <laughs> I was very uh, happy about the development, the layout, obviously. And then when I showed it to my 13-year-old son, basically the whole site, his first response before even seeing the page, he saw Support Us and he was like, what, you guys want money? You guys are here to collect money. You want your listeners to donate money. And I was like, no. Pay up, dad. Pay up. Yeah, pay yeah. up, dad. And I was like, no. So we went to the site and I was like, it showcases the 20 podcast platforms that we're currently on now, as yeah. well as, as our four social uh, websites. Yeah. And then my wife came home from work. And she showed everybody at work and everybody loved the sites. And I asked her, I was like, well, what'd you think about support us? And she said, oh, I thought you and Luke were just wanting money. We didn't even go to it. So <laughs> it has been changed to find us. Yes. And uh, the 20 platforms currently includes obviously Apple Music, Google Podcasts. We're still waiting for a few of the platforms to finish reviewing 
and doing their due diligence, but we'll be on 20 platforms within the next week or two. So that's where we're at. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. First topic, Luke. Yes. So how many of you out there in uh, unfiltered land now know the name Emily Murphy? This is a person who probably thought that she would go through her entire life without much of anybody other than her family and friends knowing her name. Her name now will forever sit in infamy. Why? Because she is the singular official at the GSA, which is the Government Services Agency that signs the form basically recognizing that there is an incoming new administration. And my question to Bobby was, well, is she the new Kim Davis? As many of you may remember, Kim Davis, also a, uh, you know, bureaucratic official down there in the great state of Kentucky that never knew that her simple refusal to issue same-sex couples marriage licenses would make her a instant celebrity, except, especially among the crowd that uh, dis, uh, does not believe in uh, the legality of same-sex marriage. So that's Emily Murphy and... Uh, Bobby, what do we what do we do about Miss Murphy? Kim Davis, they officially, you know, put somebody in her else in her place and said, "You sign the uh, uh, the the licenses," and they did. So what 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 the heck do we do with Emily Mur- Murphy? How does Joe Biden get his ascertainment? Well, I think this is posturing, just like you know, in in Detroit, where we have basically a stalemate on certifying their votes. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the GSA is the overranking entity over this whole process, and without her willingness to move forward, obviously, all the resources that go into the transition of power cannot happen. Yeah. Now, we had Mitch McConnell come out and say, once the due diligence is done, the recounts are done, obviously, Trump and his administration, Giuliani are getting recounts in specific districts within specific states, some costing them $3 million, some states costing up, upwards of $8 million. Now, you know, now, Bobby, the uh, the recount in Wisconsin is costing three million, which I, I know it's a it's a lot of money, but it's not ten million, right? Uh, because uh, they decided not to recount the entire state, but uh, just um, Wayne and or excuse me, Milwaukee and Dane counties. I, I can't imagine why those would be the two counties that they would. Uh, want to recount right and if you take like history when you know they do these recounts the number of votes that changes hands even in these districts isn't enough for trump to win the state so it doesn't make any sense to me it's a lot of money being wasted Uh, but at the end of the day everything is is uh 
with Emily Murphy. She's holding the power and she's taken her direction directly from Trump. Yeah. And she could. Yeah. Like, folks, it's important to understand that, that, you know, what the GSA is, the Government Services Administration. Like, basically, if you work in the government and you need money for anything, it it runs through uh, that, you know, that entity. Okay. And usually it's just, you know, they're, they're, um, ah, not to use the term, they're paper pushers, you know, they, they make sure that, uh, the money is being paid for, uh, through the right budget and whatnot. And they sign off on requests. And, you know, even as a, a Senate intern, if I needed something, you know, uh, like if I was helping ordering office supplies or whatnot from, you know, for the office, you know, the, the form that I filled out came through the GSA, you know, so that's, that's what they do. They, they enable the government, uh, you know, the, the real nuts and bolts, you know, the, the real, uh, the, the real uh, gears in the, you know, to, to crank. And she is, yes, an appointee of Donald Trump because Donald Trump made a point of gutting so many uh, career uh, bureaucrats that have served under many presidents and instead firing them and installing his own uh, appointees. You know, let's Correct. be very clear that this position under any other administration would most likely be somebody that had worked at the GSA for years and as a, uh, a, a career bureaucrat has worked for and served the United States government in, in many cases, you know, for a decade or more. And they would just, once it was clear that there was a winner, this paperwork is, is typically signed immediately, immediately following the uh, election. And she could, she has the authority. If she signed that piece of paper, Donald Trump could not stop it, you know? Right. Well, and on the Democratic side, I completely disagree with the vast majority that have said over the past week or two that the Trump administration has no plan. I think Mm -hmm. this has been a plan that was planned out for months. Mm -hmm. You know, if you recall, Donald Trump started saying in in July before he put in the new post uh, postmaster general the mm-hmm. only way they would lose the election is if it was rigged, right? So yes. that's been his headline for months. So with Emily Murphy in her position, towing the line, holding, yep. holding everything, yep. this has given the lawyers for Trump, right? I mean, there's been 28 lawsuits, 24 have been kicked. But if yeah. you think, look big picture, right? Mm-hmm. So, so while Emily Murphy's, is is holding everything up on the yeah. transition. Yeah. This has given the Trump Trump and his team, well, currently Rudolph Giuliani, because what's been <laughs> interesting about his most recent court appearances is that he has stated himself that he's not there for fraud. There is Correct. no fraud. No right? fraud. Yep. But yet From at the, the same the time, beast. while Rude while Giuliani's in court, Trump is is Twitter storming. Saying mm-hmm. how the you know everything's rigged and was stolen and he won it and just stoking yeah. the division, you know, just the doubt, 
And then you've yeah. got, you know, media outlets that are doing polls with Republicans. And right now, if you take it, an aggregate of all the polls from both sides, you've got about 72% of Republicans that don't believe Joe Biden won the election. Yeah. And that's the, uh, that, that is the, you know, truly terrifying part is that, uh, you know, survey after survey is showing, you know, we've always known Trump's approval rating within the, and by register, by within the, the GOP and by within the GOP, I mean, uh, American voters who are registered as Republicans and it's always been sky high. And here we are, uh, you know, coming up on on two weeks after the election, or it's been two weeks after the election already. Um, and yes, seventy something percent of those of those registered as Republicans are claiming that they believe that Donald Trump is the true winner of the election, and only only because of rampant voter fraud was uh, Joe Biden uh, elected president. Right. And key to, you know, point out that in none of these cases, all the cases have been kicked to this point. Yeah. It's been over, yeah. what, 20, 24, 26, yeah. is that there's been no, sh you know, shred of evidence. Yeah. All these yeah. judges just want, you know, a proof of something and mm -hmm. they, they can't provide anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, after the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court kicked it, uh, Rudy, after a 30 plus year absence from the courtroom, goes trotting into federal court uh, <laughs> <laughs> and presents his case. And uh, apparently, if you read, you know, read the articles and whatnot, received uh, a quite, quite a reprimand uh, from the judge uh, who was just not hearing it, just mm -hmm. not hearing it. And because um, there's just there's there's, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, bridging back to last episode, there's just, you know, sorry, Ka Kaylee McEnany, there's not pages and pages and binder and binders full of evidence there. If there was, these judges would look at it. It's their job to look at the evidence. But whether they were repeatedly, whether they were installed by Democrats or Republicans, judge after judge after judge have kicked these cases. So for the for the tweets alone and the conspiracy theorists, Alec, Alex Jones and the like, and the Rush Limbaugh's and our good old friend Q, uh, thanks to them, you know, 70 percent of uh, that 72 million uh, people that voted for Trump believe that he is the rightful winner of the election. Right. And then we got the uh, what the Proud Boys putting together some type of mega mega rally, mega march. Well, yeah, you know, you, you've got after after the oh God, this total shit show, just terrifying uh, thing of uh, of last week, you know, the, uh, in Washington, D.C., they're right back at it. You know, they're right back at it. And right. if anybody thinks for a minute that this will stop the second that Joe Biden is uh, inaugurated, which he will be, uh, you're out of your mind. You know, this right. is, you know, and, and then you have, so in, var in stark contrast to Miss Emily Murphy, you know, you have uh, the director of uh, cybersecurity for the U.S. government, Mr. Chris Krebs, who uh, worked 
under W, then left government to go work for, I believe, Microsoft, it was? Correct, correct. And then only after Trump won, was reinstalled in his position and had the audacity to speak truth to power. And he was the one that said this was the most secure uh, election, uh, at least cyber-wise goes, uh, in recent history. And uh, that landed him, of course, exactly where I imagine Chris or Emily Murphy is trying to avoid which is right in the crosshairs of the president's Twitter account, uh, where he was promptly relieved of his duties. Right. And Business Insider just two hours ago posted, here, here's the headline, up is down, down is up. Trump did Russia's job for it by firing Chris Krebs, and mm-hmm. Krebs's removal is the biggest sign of his success. And Correct. this has been the standard. This has been a sequence with everybody Trump has fired. Mm-hmm. Their success that has gone against Trump, they've been relieved of their duties. Yep. Yep. And I don't know exactly what Emily Murphy is thinking. Uh, it, it's 62 days to inauguration. Um, I don't know exactly if she thinks she's going to retain a government position <laughs> once the uh, Biden uh, administration comes in. I'm, I'm just not sure exactly what. You know, uh, I'm sure she's a lovely woman with a with a nicely put together resume. She could go out and get herself a job in a number of places. I just don't know what she's doing except for solidifying herself like Kim Davis in the annals of American uh, infamy. I, I just don't I just don't understand. Well, and what's, you know, what's scary, Luke, is, Mm -hmm. you know, I understand Trump doesn't want to concede. I understand that. But here's the thing. We've got a we got a pandemic that's on fire across the United States. On fire. Absolutely. Absolutely. Minimum. Minimum. They should be at least working with the task force, getting all the data. Uh, Yesterday's numbers just yesterday in the United States. We had almost 177,000 new cases and almost 2,000 deaths. And that official number as of right now, which may update later today, but yesterday's deaths were 1,971. So if that trend continues, right, mm-hmm. we, we just crossed 250,000 total deaths mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. If that trend, you know, the thing with models, you know, from Washington or Harvard or MIT or even Johns Hopkins themselves, it's it's a snapshot in time. So a model that took place two weeks ago when we were averaging less than 100,000 new cases a day, when we were averaging roughly about 850 deaths. Now, look, two weeks later, we're asked, you know, we just hit almost 2000 yesterday. So it is very likely that by February 1st, we're going to be, we could be easily be in the 400,000 plus deaths and understanding it took us 10 months to get to Mm 250,000. And so my question is this, you know, if a foreign entity had invaded the United States, like let's say ISIS had 
come ashore and was currently killing up to 2,000 Americans a day, what would the government, the U.S., the federal government be doing about it? I, exactly. I, I highly doubt it would be, you know, telling the governors, yeah, you got this, you know, go ahead and take care of this. I, I just, the, the lack of any kind of coordinated effort and now the, the just gross negligence and not allowing communication uh, to start happening between the teams. And for those of you that think, well, you know, Biden's got his own experts, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll come in pre prepared. No, there's vital information. You know, we, we are on the cusp of not one, but two vaccines. How that vaccine gets distributed uh, will be of great importance uh, to how quickly we recover from this pandemic. Uh, that plan and that information is not being shared with Biden and his team whatsoever. Uh, and then there's, you know, just all of the tools and mechanisms of the U.S. government and the Centers for Disease Control and, you know, uh, the National Health Institutes, all of these things are being, you know, withheld from, from uh, the Biden team. And our good friend, you know, Anthony Fauci is basically had a gag order placed on him saying, you, you can't even talk to them. Right. You know, it, it is it is just the most. Yeah. You know what? Like or dislike Donald Trump. I don't really care. You know, think this race is going to end whatever way you want to end it to end. But just if there was the tiniest possibility that a new team might be taking over uh, come, you know, January wouldn't you want those teams communicating just just to make sure everyone's on the same page? Absolutely. I, I mean, I just I don't understand why this again, you know, Mr. Trump, tweet all you want. That's all you seem to care to have any time to do. Well, or golf, I guess. Um, and go nuts, you know. But at least let the mechanisms of government that you've really never cared much about anyway, let's be honest, you know, let them let them do their jobs. Let them, you know, let the let the, the gears grind and let's, you know, get this get this figured out. Because now um, we see, you know, and I, I hate how politicized the New York Times has become it, the, the Times to me you know, having lived in New York City for, for many, many years, but even before I moved to New York City, I always thought of the Times as a place where you could go to get really strong, accurate journalism. Uh, we know what the president thinks of them, but that aside, uh, their morning lead this morning was, we know, we know how to reduce the virus's spread. Absolutely. We're just not, we're just, we're not doing it. Absolutely. We're just not doing it. And that, uh, you know, that doesn't go for, you know, just red states and this and that. There, there's a lot of blame to go around in a lot of areas. Um, and before I get into my, my, my current home state, I, I do, you know, I, I would be remiss not to mention how hard hit uh, rural areas um, 
are being hit right now and hospitals are running out of space. Yep. Uh, not, not just ICU units, hospitals are running out of space. And I think of, you know, Seward Memorial Hospital where my mom worked the entire time. Uh, my mom is now retired, but, uh, you know, retired nurse. And I think of Seward Hospital, uh, you know, and I know it's expanded and a lot's changed in the time since I've left Seward, but I imagine that place be being overran with hundreds of COVID yeah, uh, yeah, it's severe. You're actually imploring patients. people to wear masks in Seward County, right? I, I, I Seward mean, Community I, Chat. I would hope they've posted numerous times about masks, social distancing, and then you have you know ch- chat members that chime in and 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 go the other direction with you know their personal yeah. views and yeah. and and crap yeah. like that. But you know what's really scary if you look at you know the big picture here. We've got mm-hmm. no still 10 months in, no national plan. We've yep. got first line workers, we've got nurses, we've got doctors that are on, you know, their social media pages that are talking with anybody that'll listen. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's a nurses strike that's happening. Uh, they can't take it anymore. They're tired. Well, you uh, have uh, their you colleagues have, are dying, they're getting you infected. Have, you, you have hospital systems that are instructing their nurses and other employees that even if they are positive, COVID positive, as long as they're asymptomatic, we still need you to come to work. Right, right. And they're shedding and they're spreading. And then I've got a little snippet here. Let me get this set up. Of the the pandemic czar that actually has uh trump's ear he listens you know as as you know fauci and barks have been pretty much sidelined uh but here's a snippet of uh cuomo discussing dr scott atlas's response to Mm. covid oh my gosh dr atlas Okay, a guy with no pandemic experience. He literally would know more if he stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. He's saying, hey, you in Michigan, these uh, measures to help try to control the spread, fight back. Are you kidding me? Shame on you. What kind of doctor would tell people to rise up and resist the only kind of prophylaxis that can help them? What the hell is the matter with this person? Rise up. You rise up and do your job or get the hell out. That's powerful. That's exactly the way I think we both feel. I mean, I, you know, unless you've had your head somewhere other than on uh, atop your body, you are very aware that Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, was already the subject of a very, very real threat to her life. Yes. You know, there was a plan, an active plan in motion to essentially kidnap her, hold a a bogus trial and then assassinate her. Correct. You know, and so this is, you know, specifically what Atlas who remember has no experience in infectious diseases, none, none whatsoever, telling, you know, people to rise up and fight back against 
you know, these these measures, because Michigan of the Midwestern states, Michigan has gone now the farthest in re-implementing lockdown measures um, due to this current wave. And, you know, rise up. Hmm. Doesn't that sound awfully familiar to uh, something we heard from uh, someone at uh, the first presidential debate? Right. uh, Yes. you know, uh, the same Twitter account that said liberate Michigan and then uh, dozens of armed, um, I would call them militia members, uh, maybe they're organized, maybe they're not, I don't know, show up at the state capitol, uh, AR-15s in hand. It is, it, it, again, it, it is beyond negligent, it is criminally negligent, and it is inciting violence. There's no other way. I I mean, I can't think of any other way to describe it. Right, right. And now toe in the line and discussing our side, our party, you know, there's been a lot of state governors that have, you know, they've learned a lot over these last 10 months. And through the whole process, I've been very impressed with two specific state governors. That's Governor Newsom there in California. Yep. And Governor Polis here in Colorado. Yeah. But, but there's some, <laughs> you know, some hypocrisy uh, in everything that they're doing statewide to, to shut things down, to stop the spread. Uh, you want to discuss? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Yeah, well, so to be, you know, I live in, Los Angeles, uh, West Hollywood, uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles County. Um, We have Beverly Hills on one side of us. Uh, The Melrose uh, Fairfax, or as uh, we like to call it, the hipster uh, district. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, either hipster or, or, you know, sneaker guys, whatever you want to, anyway. Hype beasts, I think that used to be a term. Anyway, it's where all of the, you know, if you want to buy the limited edition, you know, whatever sneaker, that's where it's, you know, that's where it is. So that's there. And then Hollywood. Hollywood, actual right. Hollywood, uh, is on the uh, other other side. I'm less less than, gosh, I would say three quarters of a mile from Hollywood and Highland, where uh, you know Walk of Fame, the the Oscars, and all of that. Right. And we here in Los Angeles County, only for I don't know, maybe two two weeks or so back during the summer, uh, reopened uh, bars and. Uh, restaurants for indoor service. Well, almost immediately, even here in the bastion of uh, liberal uh, thinking, right? Right. Well, even here, immediately, there were scenes of packed bars, packed restaurants, you know, uh, bars that were trying to do the right thing and keep their numbers inside limited, leading to crowds and crowds and packed crowds on the streets. Um, And then, of course, uh, we you know, as most of the nation saw over the summer had, you know, massive uh, gatherings, massive rallies uh, in the streets to fight uh, social injustice. Um, And because of all of that, uh, the the governor, Governor Newsom, was very quick to say, nope, nope, Los Angeles County, you went too far too quick. We're shutting you back down. And so ever since then, we've been 
basically back in this, uh, you know, shutdown, lockdown kind of situation, except uh, that, you know, if you are a restaurant that has outdoor space, you can serve customers outdoors. Uh, Neighborhoods like I live in, West Hollywood, have actually taken lanes of traffic, much like they did in uh, New York City, to create more outdoor seating so restaurants could get more uh, people socially distanced in. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, you know, gyms uh, have repurposed uh, gyms that have their parking lots, have literally moved equipment out into the parking lots so they could have uh, people work out. Basically, the, the rule has been uh, if you're outside, you're okay. I'm a churchgoer. We've been attending uh, church services every Sunday morning outside in the parking lot. Uh, that was hot over the summer. Um, <laughs> you know, so basically anything that could function outside, uh, oh, including barbershops and beauty salons. Uh, I've now had my hair cut outside several times. Uh, <laughs> basically, we but we live in Southern California and we have beautiful weather and we're able to do that. Right. Well, this morning, they um, just announced that L.A. County uh, may even have that all taken away um, because uh, our numbers are still so steadily, steadily increasing and uh, it doesn't show any signs of improvement. And mind you also, I should have mentioned, this is the big one. Our schools never reopened, period, full stop. Gotcha. Uh, all learning has been online here uh, from the beginning of the school year. Well, even with that going on, and that's in LA County, and there are counties that are worse off. There are some counties that are better off than us. There are some counties, <laughs> Orange County, that are worse off than us, <laughs> um, whatnot. What uh, because like I said, around here, people are pretty darn good about wearing their masks and being respectful of, uh, of, of space and whatnot. But even then, we wake up uh, to a story of our fine governor, Governor Newsom, who I really do think has done a fine job in uh, handling this pandemic for the state. Um, He he was at a party that was, uh, you know, pretty crowded, not wearing a mask. And they said it was outside because I guess it was a they had their doors, like the front of the building, you know, those kind of like restaurants where it's like, you know, it's a building, but you basically can roll up the entire front of a building. So right. they considered that outside. So there's that. There's also several Democratic uh, state officials who have, you know, taken family trips to Hawaii and, you know, all of these different things. So these same people that are telling us, you know, don't have people over for Thanksgiving. Now we're probably going to lock you down. Are you know, it's hypocrisy, you know, right, it, it, re- right. it really is. Yeah. And it just makes you scratch your head and say, well, so this just means that the rules apply to us, but they don't apply to you. Or I, I don't know, it just kind of leaves you at a loss for words. And this is, you know, just, you know, us saying that this, this hypocrisy on the part of elected officials really on both sides has been kind of breathtaking. Right. And then, you know, we look at New York, we kind of change gears and look at New York. 
mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I think for a while, you know, the mayor there, you know, de Blasio, and then, um, you know, the state's governor were for the most part on the same page, but they were, <laughs> but now things have, things have changed. Right. So, yeah, New, yeah. you know, New York is, you know, closing back down, you know, when, uh, when it comes to education, so we're talking thousands of, of, of kids doing remote learning again, but yet they're allowing bars and restaurants to stay open. Yeah. Really pissed parents off. There were parents yeah. tweeting yesterday. Well, can my kid, you know, some local bar, can my kid learn algebra in the back or uh, use their Wi-Fi <laughs> right. and, you know, all this stuff. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, a mixed bag right now. Yeah, absolutely. Of the roughly 1.3 million uh, public uh, school children in New York, only the 0.3 part of that. So about 300,000 kids uh, were able to go back to in-person learning. And these consisted of our youngest learners, so the little guys, uh, pre-K, K, first grade, second grade. Um, and then any learner that had, uh, you know, any kind of uh, learning delay, any any kind of uh, any anything that required additional services, were also allowed to come back uh, in, for in person. Um, and even then, they were only coming in certain days and whatnot. You know, they were in pods, so they would be smaller groups. And yeah, kind of in a head scratcher de Blasio said nope we're gonna shut that down also but yet to your point keep open these other facilities because people need to work so out of one side of his mouth he's saying people need to work so we need to keep these restaurants and other gyms and whatnot bars open but you know having done my educational training in New York City you know, I've seen, you know, both sides of the New York City public school system. There are the schools that are very well funded, and it doesn't mean budget, okay? It means that they have very, very strong parent associations that the parents basically get together and say, we're going to build a half a million dollar greenhouse on the roof of the school so our kids can learn there. Okay. So that was one environment that I I taught in. I also taught in schools in uh, other areas of the city that, um, and mind you, it's not necessarily, yes, I did some, you know, some, some work up in, you know, East Harlem and up in the Heights and whatnot, But there's another public school on the Upper West Side that's right down the street uh, from the school I was intended, I was talking about first that, you know, it's students have a little bit lower uh, social economic status and whatnot. And so I would imagine the learners that go to that school are going to have a much harder time, or at least their parents will have a much harder time with them being at home because these are most likely children of parents who work in the service industry or some sort of what we're calling essential workers right now. Right, right. And they don't also have the money to hire a tutor or a sitter or somebody to come sit with their kids. And so the New York City schools closing um, 
is really, truly a, a tale of the haves and the have-nots. And right. it, if anything, magnifies the disparity between, you know, the haves and the have-nots in the same school district. So um, Cuomo, on the other hand, was, uh, you know, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of the right. state of New York, is was pointing out, hey, you know, this is a little bit hypocritical here to send all these kids home. And by the way, the infection rates at their school are way lower than the infection rates, you know, at, at home. Right. Right. Yeah. So it it is, it is a truly, you know, it's a truly dystopian situation. And even here in LA, you know, I I go to the coffee shop in the morning and get myself, uh, you know, an iced coffee occasionally and I'll see kids sitting out on the curb with their little uh, Chromebooks, which whenever I see a Chromebook, I always just assume that it was uh, a school <laughs> computer right. that they were given, right? Yeah. Um, and I and it dawns on my, oh my God, they're sitting here because they can catch the internet signal from the coffee shop. Right. And that's why they're sitting here right now. And it, it just really puts into full focus, uh, what we're dealing with, uh, when we're talking about, uh, schools being closed and the effects of this virus and the effects of people simply as the times pointed out this morning, simply not doing what they know they, even if you don't want to say should, could be doing. Right. Well, and you just look at our, our numbers as a whole, Total total virus um, cases uh, has is swelled to over twelve million. Mm-hmm. We got almost two hundred sixty thousand deaths, and then you look at what other countries have done from the beginning. Obviously, they've had you know flare ups and and all that, but social distancing, wearing a mask when out of your house, mm-hmm. uh, going mm-hmm. to the grocery store, washing your hands when you get back. And, you know, the basics that Anthony Fauci has been stating since day one. And another thing that I want to discuss with regards to Fauci is that Trump has said for months, well, first Fauci said masks were bad. Then he said masks were good. No, you got to understand the stockpile with masks in the United States Mm -hmm. was down to about zero. And that's because when it was flaring up in China, Mm-hmm. And President Xi communicated the virus to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. We ended up sending them millions of supplies, mm-hmm. masks, mm-hmm. ventilators, all this stuff. So that kind of depleted the stockpile. Yeah. And then so what Anthony Fauci was saying was, hey, we can't have everybody. We need to make sure right. we've got masks for everybody in the hospital, for first responders, for our police. And mm-hmm. then Trump has twisted that over time to say, well, Fau- Fauci didn't want masks in the beginning. That So that is not true. Masks yeah. have always been the best prevention of spread, period. Right. And that's over your nose. That's over your mouth. Yeah. It's not yeah. under your nose. It's not under your chin. It's over yeah. both. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to really get a clear picture of that, um, just YouTube um, Andrew Cuomo uh, face mask versus chin strap 
Right, <laughs> right, right. It's, it's so easy just to put the goddamn mask on. Just put and- it on. And, you know, back when this all started, you know, never mind, we had a president saying back in uh, January, February, oh, there's one case here. It'll be good. It's never, it's going to be gone. It'll be down to zero cases by the end of the week. It's never coming here. You know, we at that time thought of a mask as, I don't know, like I helped, you know, lay a hardwood floor once and I wore, you know, at the Home Depot, you can get the, what it's turned out to be, they are N91 masks that you put on. So you're not inhaling the, the, the wood, uh, you know, shavings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, or, or I thought mask, like, you know, what the, you see them wear at the hospital and things like that. And so if we suddenly had a run on those kind of things, correct, there would have been a dire situation. It was already a dire situation, but an even worse situation for our frontline workers. Right. Now, yeah. masks are the new, like, hot accessory, you know, and they're, you know, they're, they're cloth and they're, they're, it's a new niche market, you know, you can buy them on, you know, buy them and whatever, whatever team you root for, whatever, you know, celebrity you like, whatever color you want, whatever design you want, you can now get a mask that looks like that. I mean, heck, we even have people making bejeweled mask holders so you can right. turn your neck while you're eating, you know? <laughs> yeah, just so wear the, the country, damn mask, people. The, the country needed time to adapt. None of us were ready for this. None of us knew exactly what the hell was going on. If they would have told, if I would have heard back in March, go get masks and wear a mask, I would have been on Amazon or online or at Home Depot or wherever looking for what my thought of a mask was. But then when they started to roll out the, well, if you don't have anything, if you have a bandana, you can wear, you know, wear it like that, you know, and uh, all these YouTube videos started popping up of how to make you know, masks out of things that you would have in your house. Okay. And so now we understand that it's, nobody's asking for you to go outside looking like you're going scuba diving, dive diving, you know, it's just a simple piece of cloth over your face. And if, if somebody told you, Hey, you know, back to my, my ISIS invading, uh, if you go outside <laughs> Uh, but you have a mask on, you have, you, you have, you have improved your chances by 90% that mm-hmm. you won't be killed by, by ISIS. Wouldn't you, I, and isn't it part of the, isn't a part of the gear? Like all these people toting around these AR 15s, they got masks on anyway. Right. Well, they so, used to, so is yeah, it but shouldn't no. it be part of the culture. <laughs> I mean, you would think you would think. <laughs> And even in the waning days of the failed Trump uh, re-election campaign, every single person that would be in the scrum behind him had masks on, right? But then if you pan to the crowd that he's speaking to, no masks. So, you know, it's time to stop politicizing wearing a mask. It's time right. to stop politicizing, limiting your exposure to people outside of your group of people that you are right re- regularly exposed to. It's time that we just, you know, once and for all say we, you know, I don't like this thing, you know, and I, and I will, I'll, I'll, in my input on this section with this caveat, you know, I, I've been talking to my dad who, who, you know, 
leans conservative, surprise, surprise. And, um, oh, but now he's completely into wears his masks. You know, they, they, you know, shelter and they're, they're my parents, my parents are doing everything right. You know, but my dad, um, reminded me of when, uh, uh, states started to make it the law to wear a seatbelt and wearing a seatbelt now, at least to me is just such a second nature, you know, right. I, I, I feel, you know, even in, you know, when I, when I would take a, a taxi in New York city or more recently a lift, you know, I, I even sitting in the back seat, I, I put a seatbelt on, you know, it's just so foreign to me, the idea of not wearing a seatbelt. And my dad said, you know, you have to remember when that became a law, you heard a lot of the same arguments that you're hearing about the masks now. No government official is going to tell me what I need to do, you know. Um, sadly enough, uh, a similar a similar example is smoking. You know, we know very full, good and well, the effects of cigarettes on the human body now. Right. Do people do people still smoke? Yep. You bet. You bet they do. You know, so uh, and that gets into addiction and whatnot. And, you know, don't at me in the comments. We'll we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely have a, we'll definitely have a, uh, a whole episode about addiction and whatnot. But it's almost as if in America we are pre-wired to be confrontational and we take our we, we like to bathe ourselves or wrap ourselves in our constitution and our, you know, uh, you know, our, our inalienable rights. Well, your inalienable right cannot take away the inalienable right of somebody else. And personally, I believe by not wearing a mask, that is exactly what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. You know, especially, you know, there's, you know, there's people that are testing positive and they're not social distancing. They're not self-quarantining. They're still mm -hmm. going out. They're spreading. And it's just, you know, a vicious cycle. And then you see people all over social media, you know, they're, you know, just like you said, I'm not going to allow the government to take away my right. Yeah. And my, my, my right. And then people that, you know, I'm not against guns. I think we need to do more with gun control. Mm -hmm. But then people that are huge gun advocates, mm -hmm. um, you challenge them on what the Second Amendment actually says, and they have no fucking idea. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, you know, I have, you know, brother and a sister-in-law who are quite on the right. And, um, and that's fine. Uh, they're also both uh, retired military, and they own big guns, maybe AR-15s, I don't know. Right. And they like to post pictures to their Instagram of whatnot of them with their big guns at the range, not walking around... <laughs> the streets of their town or anything like that, you know, and that's, that's the thing. You want your gun, have your gun, go to the sh shooting range, have fun, you know, go, you know, reg regardless of my personal beliefs on hunting, you know, if you want to go hunting, go hunting when it's legal, you know, fine, you know, but, but 
you know, it's, oh gosh, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to take away your right by saying, I don't think you need to be walking around the Capitol, the Capitol building carrying your AR-15. Absolutely. You know? That's exactly the, the and, point. We didn't and, ask these guys, you know, they, they were interviewed in Michigan, why they were walking around with AR-15s and it was for protection, protection for what? Well, we were asked yeah. to be here. Then you challenge them. Well, who asked you to be here? There wasn't an answer given. You know, it's just like the whole voting fraud. Okay, where's yeah. the fraud? Well, we're not saying it's fraud, but we're saying it's fraud. Then the next yeah. case, yeah. you know, the judge is like, well, you're saying it's fraud. And Giuliani's like, well, we're not saying it's fraud, but really it's fraud. And and there's just so much. It's It's been really at the end of the day over these last months. It's really amazing to me especially seeing the votes, the number of votes that Trump got, how mm -hmm. easily manipulated 72 million people have been. Yeah, we are. We have become dangerously addicted to our devices. We have been we have become dangerously addicted to instantly believing whatever information we consume, if it's from a source that we believe in if we you know like i you know happen to think you know that if i read something in the new york times or the um the, the washington post that most likely i'm hearing accurate information but sadly uh, the majority of american people right now are not getting their news from actual news sources they're getting it from whatever pops up on their feeds, right? Right, right. And uh, we will will definitely be having an upcoming episode about the the reckoning that these these social media companies have coming their way because, uh, you know, Russia. There, there is an article that just was out. Um, I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. Uh, I can't remember the source I read it out of, but it was loosely quoting it was that Russia ended up not having to really do what they did in 2016 because Donald Trump did it for them. Right. You know, there was so so much in misinformation already out there in this, uh, in this campaign that the rush, the, the guys, you know, whether you're Republican, Democrat or other, please understand that. Vladimir Putin is sitting in Moscow right now, laughing his ass off, enjoying every godforsaken moment of this right now. Right. And every second where there that we go by with a vacuum of leadership in this country is a second wasted in 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 repairing the damage that's been done in the past four years. And that's just the truth. And it's not about you know, our, 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 our foreign services agencies have been gutted. The state, you know, the state department has been gutted. We have em embassy positions, embassies, ambassadorships that, that are vacant and embassies that are, are, are empty right now. There is a vacuum of leadership in the world right now. And in to a vacuum steps who? Well, folks like Putin in Russia in Qi in China. And that's exactly what's happening. Uh, there was just a massive trade deal signed by several 
uh, Asian countries that basically solidifies China's rule in that area of the world for decades to come. And we didn't even have a seat at the table, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Right. So. Now, now, Luke, before we change gears here and change topics, yeah, you know, I've got a lot of, obviously a lot of tech stuff that we're going to be bringing to the table. I've got various people I'm touching base with about being, you know, guests on our podcast in the tech yep. industry, gaming, um, you know, stuff like that. But I will say 230 when it comes to these social media platforms, mm-hmm. you're going to see at some point in the Biden administration, that's going to become a dose of reality for these social media platforms, because I believe now some of these people that, that are in these positions, I think they need to do a much better job of understanding the technology itself. Yeah. From you know the data collection that's being collected from the moment you activate your iPhone or your Android phone to you know Google's paying Samsung four billion annually just to have Chrome on the homepage of every Samsung smartphone. Why are mm-hmm. they paying that? Understanding the data collection from your browser to your Facebook cookies of the browser, keeping tabs on what you're, what you're searching, when you're searching, all of a sudden your mic's turned on because you're talking with your, with your partner about a, you know, say it's some Christmas present. Then you go to Facebook and all of a sudden your feed is full of ads of that particular product. You know, these guys need to get a a much better grasp on tech as a whole But at the end of the day, I don't believe by the end of the Biden administration that these social media platforms are going to have the cover of 230 anymore. I think there's going to be a ton of accountability. Um, I don't think uh, Mark Zuckerberg is going to be able to say, well, we know Jack Dorsey and Twitter flagged this conspiracy theory, but it's not our job to flag. I think those days are going to come to an end at some point. Yeah. Um, and that's going to put a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, Google prides, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Facebook prides itself that they've, you know, when it comes to moderators of their platform, basically it's, it's one person for every like 2.5 or 3 million users. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very few people. It may even ex- expanded to 10 million users. And at the end of the day, being held accountable and allowing the the QAnon groups or the conspiracy groups, you know, the marketing team out of out of Moscow that had, you know, yeah. roughly 1.5 million bot accounts and you know, Facebook thought they were doing a service by only uh, taken down 300,000. So, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is really slow played, you know, stuff that Facebook could be doing. Uh, I believe Jack Dorsey has done a much better job of, of, of flagging misinformation, disinformation. But at the end Absolutely. of the day, it, these social media platforms are going to have a reckoning. Now, we don't know if that means that Facebook is going to have to um, you know, everything's intertwined right now with APIs. You know, basically an API is kind of like a key 
where mm-hmm. Facebook communicates with the Instagram platform that, you know, communicates with the WhatsApp that Facebook bought for billions of dollars. Uh, exactly. There may be an opportunity where that integration isn't happening anymore, where it's actually two separate companies instead of just one. You know, we don't know exactly what's going to come from it, but 230 is what Google, Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, everybody uses as cover. But I think the days are coming to an end. Yeah, I think uh, I I definitely tend to agree with you and uh, will tip my hat to your expertise on the subject. Uh, Cognizant of time, because I really want to dig into this next one. So we're going to hold off on it till next one. So that gives you our, our, uh, our, uh, our unfiltered heads out there, a chance to uh, uh, Google Harry Styles Vogue, take a, take a look at the pictures, uh, give a read of the article. And uh, next time we'll dig in to something uh I, I would say completely non-politically related, but what the hell isn't politically related uh, <laughs> these days? Um, <laughs> and not, don't forget hashtag Lady G. Yes, and hashtag Lady G. But of course, I want to I wanna end on a high note and uh, also give you guys a heads up. Uh, my high note uh, is, is a, funny, a funny low note followed by a high note. <laughs> Go out there and Google 2020 Rockefeller Center tree, a true metaphor for 2020. Uh, the tree is pretty damn sad. <laughs> Take a look at it. But uh, on a big up note, and this is the story of the day, uh, all the way. So these trees travel from upstate New York, about 180 miles to New York City. And within that tree was found a tiny baby owl that uh, survived the journey to New York City and is now uh, comfortably resting in a rehabilitation facility being well taken care of. So uh, I thought that that brought a smile to my face when I read it. Uh, Then kind of a a tear to my eye because you think, oh, wow, we just, you know, cut down uh, a bunch of animals habitat for a Christmas decoration. But oh, gosh, another another episode. Anyway, (laughs) Heads up, either streaming on your device of choice or live on ABC uh, tomorrow, Friday night, uh, Friday night, the 20th. Uh, Brianna Taylor, say her name, uh, an ABC special. Uh, for those of you who have not, not, I would say for those of you who, who don't know that name, but I, again, your head, if it's not been firmly between your two shoulders, I don't know how you would not know that name. Uh, but I, I would venture a guess. Many of you have not done a whole lot of research into the Brianna Taylor case. I have, uh, from all intents and purposes, this special looks like it'll be fantastic. Uh, they also did a two-part series deep dive on it with, I, you know what, the daily, I'm calling Michael Barbaro. He needs to get, start giving me some, some supporting dollars because I keep sending people to his pot, to his podcast. <laughs> but, um, anyway, the special is going to be on tomorrow night, ABC. Uh, it's called Brianna Taylor, say her name. Uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend uh, is interviewed as well as the police officer who was in charge of the raid on her home on that now infamous night, I would encourage all of our listeners, uh, regardless of what you believe or what you feel about uh, how things turned out and the what the uh, grand jury came out with, 
uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty fair and balanced uh, look at the case in general, as I would say was the two-part series uh, on the daily. Uh, so by all means, if you have the time, uh, check it out, because that is a case that, um, you know, it, it, a lot of things went wrong on uh, both sides of that. And it is right. definitely grounds for uh, discussion uh, when we uh, move on to our uh, social justice episode and whatnot. Yeah. And speaking of other podcasts, uh, next mm-hmm. week, we are going to be having a guest on our podcast, uh, hey. fellow classmate, fellow Blue Jay, Mr. TK Goldsmith, the host of Ooh. I Need a Mulligan, will be joining us. And then in return, we'll be joining him. But we're going to be discussing COVID and college and professional sports. Yeah. And I also want to remind our listeners to make sure you check out bobbyandluke.com. Subscribe. Uh, go to the Find Us, not the Support Us page, <laughs> but the Find Us page. And we've got all the platforms that we're currently listed on where you can go and listen to our podcast. So. Yeah. We want to thank our sponsor, the Stutzman Group. Absolutely. Thank you to the Stutzman Group. Yes. Absolutely. Luke, it was a pleasure. As uh, always, Bobby. Will, pleasure. We'll, yes. We'll, uh, talk soon. Talk soon, my friend. Take care now. Take care, everybody. <laughs>